The scripture this morning is come out of Luke, it's 11th chapter, 1 through the 13th verse. It can be found in the Sanctuary Bible on page 72 of the New Testament. Listen for God's word. Now Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, how will it be your name? Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we, forgive, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us. Lead us not into temptation. And he said to them, which one of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has arrived on a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer him from within, do not bother me. The door is now shut. My children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything, because he is his friend, yet because of his impudence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. I tell you. It will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, it will be opened. Which one of you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. Book of James says, we have not because we ask not. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Reveal, O oh God, your wonder to our eyes. Open our hearts to Christ's love. Disperse from our minds any darkness and fill our lives with your light. Protect us, O oh God, from thoughts without action. Guard us from words without life. Grant us wisdom to walk in your ways and open us always to the guiding of your spirit. Amen. So a few years ago, I went on a mission trip to Nicaragua. The church where I was a pastor in Louisville had a relationship with a community in uh, Nicaragua, a, a small farming village. And so we were traveling as part of our partnership uh, on our end to travel down and meet with uh, our friends in Mirazul, Nicaragua. Now, as a pastor on this trip, I was told that it would be expected of me to pray in a variety of situations, not unusual. And a friend of mine, a pastor friend who knew uh, Central American culture well, had generously given me a book of common worship in Spanish. And we sat down and he pointed out some of the uh, prayers that would be useful in a variety of situations before dinner or uh, gathering in a home or doing a home blessing and, and different uh, times that I might be asked to pray. He also sat down and helped me uh, write out a prayer uh, in Spanish for our two communities, um, celebrating and giving thanks to God for our partnership. 
And this is all very helpful considering that I know very little, if not any, Spanish. Uh, I learned French in school. No habla espanol. I learned that phrase quite well. Although when we were playing baseball, I could play fielder and I could say, yo la tengo, I've got it, I'm going to catch the ball. Uh, Or if I was out to dinner, I could order off the menu. Not very well. I didn't always know quite what was coming, but usually I I did okay. Needless to say, a prayer in Spanish was not going to be in my wheelhouse. Fortunately, I had this friend to help coach me. So as we traveled to this village in Mirazul, it was about a two-hour drive south of the capital, Managua, we met as two communities and we worked together on community projects that um, that the the folks in Mirazul had identified as as needs in the community. And along the way, we shared many stories through translators, and we did pray for one another. And when I did begin have opportunities to lead in prayer in Spanish, uh, uh, before dinners and to open meetings and blessings in people's homes, reading from this book and the prayer that he helped me write was, was helpful. There was one catch, though. My accent was very hard to understand. I have an accent when I speak Spanish, which would seem obvious, but people came up to me in a variety of occasions after I had prayed to tell me through our translator how surprised that they were to find out that I spoke Spanish with a French accent. I became known as the Americano who spoke Spanish with a French accent. Somehow, it endeared, uh, it was endearing. (laughs) But then there was a moment that came when no language skills could help me. I'd been staying with a family who had started a church in town. I'd been staying uh, on this family's property that was owned by the grandfather and And as each of his children, his daughter and two sons, as they started a family, they would build another house on their farm, on their property. And along the way, their commitment to their church had grown, and they'd given land to begin building a church. At this point, it was about a year into their new church building, and so they had concrete walls, and they had not yet installed windows, which was okay. It was awfully hot, and they had a metal roof. They hadn't laid down a floor yet, but they had made a concrete chancel. And it was a privilege to be there, invited to worship in their church, being led by their pastor, and they were patient as our translator offered the words that were being spoken in worship for us to know what was going on. And following worship, the pastor came to me and, and offered a welcome, a gratitude for, for our, our church being present with their church in worship. But then he explained to me that this grandfather, this man, and uh, with all of his family, uh, living around him, where I was was a guest. The grandfather was very sick. He he had cancer, and the pastor asked if I would come and pray with him and the grandfather, and so we did. We gathered in a circle, 
members of two churches, two pastors, and a man who had welcomed me as a guest in his home alongside his family, asked me to pray with him and his children and their spouses and grandchildren, and asked me to pray alongside his pastor. So I prayed in English with a translator offering the words, and it was a moment where I began to realize that what mattered most was not the language, not necessarily the words, not whether it was English or Spanish. What mattered was the connection, the relationship, the people who had gathered in the presence of God with one another, alongside one another. There was a sense that though we were different people from vastly different places, we shared the same faith. I prayed. Now, in my experience, there are a lot of questions that people can ask about prayer. And despite what might, despite people thinking that prayer might come naturally, it, it doesn't necessarily for, for many. Perhaps for some, but, but not for most. And like all things, prayer is something that can be learned and, and cultivated and, and grown in one's life. And so we could say that the ability to pray can come with practice. And so it's not unusual if you've ever been in a church committee meeting that if you ask people to pray, there might be some self-consciousness about leading in prayer before others. It's not unusual for people to, to not necessarily know where to start in a prayer or, or, or how to end. And it's not, it's not unusual for people to have all kinds of questions. And questions like, how should I pray? Should I be on my knees or sitting or lying down? Should I read a prayer or, or, or should prayer happen just from what, what words come to me in a particular moment? Should prayer be impromptu? Do I pray in the morning or before bed, or do I pray at other times during the day? Should I sit, or should I dance, or should, can I do yoga, or can running be prayer? There's other questions which involve where we should pray. Do I have to pray at church? Do I have to be with other people? Can I pray at my desk at work or in public in a place like a coffee shop or restaurant? or at the park, or in the car, or what do I pray for? Can I pray for myself and my own needs, or should I only pray for others? Can I offer thanks to God when I do get a convenient parking spot? Can I pray for things that I want? It is okay to thank, is it okay to thank God for when good things happen to me? Now, my guess would be that with a little bit of logic, an open Bible, an open mind, we could quite easily figure out some, some good answers to all of, of these questions. But the question that often doesn't get talked about when we ask questions about prayer is who? I mean, clearly when we offer prayer, we know we are praying to God. We know who we pray to but we don't always ask about who we pray for or who we pray with. And yet who is at at the very heart of prayer? At the very heart of prayer is is a relationship. Praying to God, of course, but, 
Praying for people near and far, known and unknown, is often a part of the prayers that we offer together in worship. So often lifting up prayers from events in the news about people that we have never met, will never meet, and yet have a sense of deep empathy for the situation they face. Pray for our church for people who have needs within our own community, whether, whether in person with them or whether they are in places different than ourselves. We ask questions when we don't know. And one of the disciples turns to Jesus in the scripture and says, Lord, teach us to pray. And Jesus offers what we now call the, the Lord's Prayer. We pray this prayer every time we gather here in the space of worship. And our session, that is the board of elders who guide and lead the ministries of this church, they conclude every time they meet together with the Lord's Prayer. There are prayer. people who pray the Lord's Prayer before bed. There are times when we even sing the Lord's Prayer. For a person of Christian faith, the Lord's Prayer the prayer that, we, that Jesus teaches the disciples here is present in so many parts of our Jesus lives. said to them, when you pray, say, Father, holy is your name. Your Give kingdom come. Each day our daily bread. Forgive our sins. Guide us to forgive those who are indebted to us. Do not bring us into the time of trial. When we pray, we begin by speaking God's holy name. We begin by praising God for God's gracious character, and we invite, we ask God to let God's kingdom be present. That is, let the world look more like the way God desires it to look. We request daily bread, the very human needs that we have, the very things that we long for. And we turn to God with humility and vulnerability, asking for mercy, for forgiveness. In receiving forgiveness, we hope that we can be people who are forgiving. And where there are powers in the world that are corrosive, that are hateful, we ask that God would deliver us and deliver the instructions people. that Jesus offers about prayer cover a wide range of, of matters. It covers a lot of ground from praise to gratitude, from forgiveness to the ability to forgive, from daily needs to, to keeping what diminishes us trials in our lives at bay. But the most important instruction Jesus gives is this instruction at the very beginning. Jesus is our Father. And what matters here is, is not the gender of the pronoun, but what the pronoun is intended to represent. A parent, as we, as we know, is expected to be close and intimate and caring and supportive. This is of their children. a relationship. And Jesus does not instruct us to address God with a theological name or a traditional name or, or a formal name. God 
instructs the disciples and us to pray using God's intimate, personal, relational name. It means that God wants this conversation, this connection, this relationship between us and with God. So making room for prayer. Making room for prayer could take shape in a whole variety of ways. It might involve words written or spoken. It might be through art or music or some other form. It might even be through ourselves in silence to cultivate awareness of God's presence. Making room for prayer is ultimately giving God our intent our attention, whatever form our prayer is taking, even briefly to name gratitude, to ask for help, to speak a petition on behalf of the world that it might look the way God desires it to look, that it might be filled with more justice or more peace, more hope, more faith, more love, more life, more light. Whenever we go about making our prayers, We make them by giving our attention to God. And God responds. God responds to prayer, perhaps not with with perfect, tidy, timely resolutions that we desire. Perhaps not fulfilling our every wish. But God responds by returning that same attention that we give to God. God returning that attention to the people, to you and I, to us. So again, I ask, how do we make room for prayer? I think a poet named Jack Riddle could help us answer the question. He wrote a poem about prayer. It's quirky. It's unusual. It's called After Reading Don... Dom John Chapman Benedictine Abbot. This is the abbot who said, pray as you can, not as you can't. So the poet responded like this. My prayers will sit in the sidecars of Harleys and in the pockets of night watchmen. They will be the stones that I walk by, the smudges that I leave on everything that I touch. My prayers will be the last place the snow melts. They will stick to the undersides of porches and docks, of dog paws and carpets. In the modesty of my feet, my dog will be petitioning for mercy whenever he stops to sniff a post. Every window in our house will be an offering for supplication. I will say my prayers are bread dough, doorknobs, golf tees, any small and nameless change of heart. How do we make room for prayer? By giving our attention to the relationship that we share with God in every possible moment that we might turn to God with prayer. And it might be the very act of pushing that golf tee into the ground for your swing. It might be boiling water in the kitchen as you make dinner. It might be fixing tea or coffee in the morning. It might be in the parking lot or at the stoplight. It might be in between meetings. It might might even be as we mow the lawn. 
we can name endless places where prayer might find room in our lives if we leave just enough space to make our prayers and give our awareness to God. So as we continue into the summer, let us be a people of prayer. Let us turn our awareness to God whenever we can. Let us be those people who offer our prayers to God just as we've been called to be the people who are the church. May it be so this day and always. Amen.